Well, our first day here at the uh, WIP Morning Show, the new one, John, where we basically have gone an hour and 20 minutes and barely talked Eagles, which, you know, True. is a good sign that the other teams have, you know, something to say about their seasons as well. Phil's just in the early going, and the 76ers, of course, uh, starting to come down the stretch of the regular season. But we'll go hardcore Eagles coming up in about five minutes when Ross Tucker joins us. 215-592-9494. Obviously, we had an opportunity Saturday and Sunday for early Philly's impressions. It was great to see Trey Turner doing his thing. I enjoy it as I always have here in Rob Thompson, obviously being interviewed there a couple times, uh, you know, even post-game stuff, in-game stuff. Uh, love Rob Thompson. It did stand out to me, no Bryce Harper. I think it's been an under-discussed storyline. Guys are going to have to really, you know, bust it this year to overcome no Bryce, but having Trey Turner helps. A lot to discuss, all of it on the phone lines. Your impressions of the Phils out of the gate, plus the Sixers Celtics game, plus the Eagles with Ross coming up in five minutes. Joe in New Jersey right now. Hi, Joe. Hey, Joe. John and Rita. Joe, I wanted to thank you for the telephone call. My, I was my really, pleasure. I was really put off guard there. I didn't know who it was. I thought it was like one of these callers that called me a thousand times. <laughs> but uh, good luck with the new show. I've been listening. I just can't wake up this early. Understood. Um, thank you. As you know, or you may remember, I'm a Mets fan, but I wanted to talk about the Walker. Mm-hmm. You guys got a really good picture. I mean, I love this kid, I, and I think this he has a lot more. His ceiling is pretty high, mm. and um, I think you're going to be surprised at how well he does for you. I mean, I was disappointed the Mets let him go. Yeah, he's basically right. re- he's replacing Eflin, basically. It's Eflin out, Walker in, and I think Walker has uh, higher upside. But I did like, oh, he- I did like Eflin when healthy. But he just couldn't stay healthy, John. He just right. he couldn't. Right. Very you, frustrating. I, I, I think you're going to be surprised. And before I give you my, uh, my answer, I just came up with this one. I had to listen to the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I couldn't even watch them turn around. They were underdogs. Nobody believed in us. I tell you one thing. They're not a team I root against. It used to be I root against the Patriots. <laughs> I disdain this team now. Wow. All of them. I mean, on that ledge, you know, they made it like, Joe, they made it like they were like 20 to 1 underdogs. Nobody believed in us. They had the best, the third best rate to, to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it was a little, some of that was nonsense. But I'll tell you what, around here, we all thought the Eagles were going to win. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. We got to we gotta eat it because they, they won it. Chiefs won it. Uh, give me a great yeah. answer, Joe, for who or what is a great third. Joe, here's a haymaker for you. The Holy Spirit. Already been said. Already. Can you believe that? Yeah. How about about, uh, Three's Company, Janice? She was like the third. You got it. Right? Um, Janice was third. She felt third. I I, I would agree with that. (laughs) I I agree with you. John seems so dismayed by that. She felt third. Yeah, she was. I mean, it's it's Jack Roper. Is that his name, Jack Roper? No, Mr. Roper. Mr. Jack no, not, Tripper. Not Jack, Jack Tripper. Tripper. Jack Tripper, then the, 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 the blondie. Chrissy. Chrissy, and then, yeah, that's a good call there. Let's go to Will in Northeast Philadelphia. What's up, Will? Folks, how y'all doing today? Doing great, Will. Oh, man. Listen, I'm, I'm liking the Sixers, man. I think we're going to, like I said, man, I, I think this is the revenge year for for baseball, football, and basketball. I think we all we we're gonna get our revenge this year and um at least two out of the three is gonna go and win a championship. Well, that would be miraculous and is highly unlikely. At least two out of three. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. Just saying. Woo. I gotta keep it real here, Will. 
don't know, man. I mean, like, I don't know. We we we'll see how the season goes, you know. Well, that I, that I part we'll agree I, on. I definitely think the Eagles going back again this year. I think the Eagles probably have the best chance yeah. of of the three teams to make the championship in their next season. I think because it's still it looks to be a weak conference. Very weak. I mean, it's not like there's going to be this incredible quarterback influx that all of a sudden. Like Dak might be the second best quarterback in the NFC. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's see where Rodgers ends up. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like it's it's there's drop off, man. Big time. Will give me a great answer, man. Who or what was a uh, a great third? Uh, you know, I used to hate to be a third wheel, man. Ooh, that's a bad third, but a notable third. I mean, John, a a third wheel. I guess we can You're take familiar with that. I. I am. <laughs> I am, after all, stag. Fairfield. Ray, how do you think uh, I felt in college at my university? Did you just call yourself a stag? Well, in college, we're the Fairfield stags. Oh, okay. I'm, and glad, by the way, cl- I'm glad you clarified yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it gets worse because when we made the tournament in 1997, only time we made the tournament since I first got to Fairfield in 96, we make the tournament. We have the third worst record in the history of college basketball mm-hmm. to make the tournament. We're 11 and 18. Which means we were eight and eighteen entering our conference tournament, which we won. Okay. So we go from eight and eighteen to eleven and eighteen. University is completely unprepared for Fairfield basketball going on a run to make the tournament. We have our mascot, a deer, a stag, if you will. This thing on CBS, this is so embarrassing. It's got duct tape oh. wrapped around multiple parts of it just to hold the costume together. You're kidding. I'm That's not kidding. Embarrassing. You could see it on CBS watching. Fairfield, North Carolina, and a stag with duct tape. No money in the budget? No budget. No budget. <laughs> you like St. Peter's yeah, last year? it was pretty bad. Did you, did you see what the fanatic did yesterday? No. He what accidentally it? shot one of the hot dogs into the dugout. Wow. Was it, was it, kind it, of in spring was, training, too. Was it dropped by Reese Hoskins? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Hey, Ross Tucker and the Eagles, the latest on the birds and the free agency and the whole thing. That's coming up with Ross in one minute. Why not take your favorite casino action on the go with the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app? Odds, slots, bets, and games all in the palm of your hand. It's Philly's favorite sportsbook and casino app and the only casino app I have recommended for over four years plus on the air. The Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app has all your favorite casino games, including Eight, Eight Fortunes, Cleopatra Gold, Wheel of Fortune, and so much more. Experience Roulette, Baccarat, Blackjack, and more, all from the comfort of home. Plus, lots of progressive slots like Divine Fortune, Imperial Wealth, and Venice Amore. Bring the excitement of the casino everywhere you go. Don't miss this limited-time offer. New users play now. Get up to $750 bonus plus 500 free spins. All your favorite casino games ready when you are on the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. You must be 21 and over, located in PA or New Jersey, new users only. Casino bonus must be wagered. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambling. All right, Joe DeCameron and John Ritchie. We got Seltzer and Rhea with us. And of course, uh, never a stag, probably even back in his single days, because he would always have like a beautiful blonde or brunette on his, on his arm. From the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and at Ross Tucker, uh, Ross Tucker NFL, Mr. Ross Tucker. How you doing, Ross? Joe, you kind of stole my thought. I was going to say we're going to go from a stag to a stallion, but let's do it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I thought maybe you'd go stud, but you go stallion? That's taking it up another level, man. I, well, I was trying to stick with the animal theme. I yeah. Don't... What yeah. the hell's going on out here? 
See, Ross, this is where you, I hate to say it, but you undercut your own legitimacy as a commentator here because everyone knows that's not true. But uh, what are you going to do? All right, <laughs> Ross, let's get to it here, man. We got a, we got a big offseason for the Eagles up ahead. Let me ask you this out of the gate. Obviously, priority one is signing Hurts and hopefully to a reasonable enough contract. But other than the Hurts thing, what is the next most important priority player-wise for the Eagles who you feel is most important that they retain? Well, two things, Joe. First of all, I think the sooner the Eagles sign Hurts, the better. What you don't want to do is wait for the Bengals to give Joe Burrow what they're going to give him yeah. or the – Ravens to potentially give Lamar Jackson a big deal, although I think that's probably headed down the franchise tag path. I mean, heck, even, you know, the Giants, they're probably going to tag Daniel Jones, but whatever Daniel Jones gets, Jalen Hurts is going to laugh and be like, yeah, you can put 30, 50, whatever percentage on top of that, right? So I am quite sure, because I was trying to think about why they weren't extending any of the guys during the season. You know, the Eagles have a long track record. Mm -hmm. And even last year, they were extending Mylotta and Avante Maddox and Goddard. And I kept thinking during the year, I am surprised that they have not tried to sign any of these guys. Because that's usually what they like to do. And what I think is, number one, they had so many that they didn't want to sign one but not the others and kind of put it guys in, in like almost hurt feelings. You know, like, mm. well, why did you pick – Gardner Johnson and not me if yep. you're Hargrave or Sayamalo or whoever. Uh, and I also think that they just feel like they need to get the Hurts thing done first to kind of know where they're at. Mm. Um, that being the case, I'm going to say probably Gardner Johnson. Is it because of age? Well, that's part of it, but he is the guy, Oh, you know, I was going to say he's the guy that doesn't have a clear like waiting in the wings replacement, but Blankenship did play pretty well, but you almost forget. Well, is, is Epps, I got to check. Is Epps a full free agent or is Epps a restricted free agent? I got to feel like I got to check on Epps real quick. But yeah, I don't um, know that. But that's that that because that's important. But at any rate, I do think Gardner Johnson, the versatility of safety and nickel, his ability to take away the football. I didn't realize he would hit like that. Yeah. I mean, that dude is a nut. I mean, that dude's a kamikaze. Yeah. I mean, he is not afraid to fly in there. So here's the way I look at it, right? At running back at Sanders, they've got some other guys they could draft a guy. I love Samalo, but they could put Jerkins in there potentially. You also have Opeta, Driscoll. On the D-line, boy, I would love to have Hargrave back, but you do have Milton Williams. You do have Jordan Davis. They'll get Tui Pelotu back. Wouldn't be surprised if they draft somebody there. My guess is they huh. bring one of the two linebackers back in terms of Edwards or White, and they probably let N'Kobe Dean have the other spot. Bradbury's gone. There's a good chance they'll probably draft somebody, but I also think McPherson might be better than people think. I think for all the reasons I just mentioned, Gardner Johnson's probably my top non-Hurts priority. I said, you said something real interesting there at the end, Ross. You just snuck it in. Bradbury's gone. Is that because he's just going to be too expensive and that there's nothing they can really do about it? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, look, they're at the position now where they have to make choices. Bradbury, God bless him, has been very clear that he wants to get paid. I don't blame him. He had an awesome year. You just can't, like, he's going to get paid, I don't know, like a lot of money 
to be somebody's number one corner again. And the Eagles just can't afford that in the structure of the team, what they're paying Slay, the other positions that are out there. And listen, I mean, there's a reason why they develop a kid like McPherson. This will be year three. He hasn't really had a chance to play, right? They had Steve Nelson year one. You know, this past year they had Bradbury. I think McPherson has a chance to be pretty good. I also think there's a pretty darn good chance with the 10th pick or at least their first first-round pick that they take a corner because Slay's not getting any younger either. Mm. So I, I just don't think that they're going to invest the resources. You know, you can have one highly paid corner. I think it'll be Slay, and they'll draft. I think you can have one highly paid safety. I think it'll be Gardner Johnson, and then the other one they'll work on, whether it's Blankenship or whatever. You almost go down the line. It's really hard to have multiple highly paid guys at certain positions. Ross, I'm holding out hope that they figure out a way to bring back Javon Hargrave. And I wonder how much do you believe it factors in that his dead cap hit is almost $12 million? Basically, if he goes and plays for someone else, the Eagles have to foot a $12 million dead cap hit. Well, I think, I mean, there, there are ways that they could do it now to restructure it to um to, to to lessen that pain if they did it before free agency started that's mm-hmm. my understanding i don't know if you're hargrave why do you care about that or why would you do that but that might be one of the things that they're working on it's possible kind of like fletcher cox a year ago that they take the dead cat medicine with hargrave and then they still try to get him done to an, a, a new deal i would love if they had hargrave back because you lose. I mean, we don't think Cox will be back. Sue and Linval Joseph, while they're not going to be back, they were contributing players. So I'd feel much better about the D-line. If their top three guys are Hargrave, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, I feel pretty good about that going in next year. I mean, Milton Williams was making a bunch of plays later in the year. Uh, Davis, I thought, was doing good things earlier in the year until he got hurt. Those guys just weren't getting very many snaps. Jeez, I, I need to see a lot more from Jordan Davis before I start having confidence in him. Uh, is our offensive coordinator spot all but locked up? I mean, is it Brian Johnson? We just haven't had it formal, formally announced, or is it possible there's someone waiting in the wings that we're not aware of, Ross? Well, that would surprise me, John, because we've heard all kinds of stuff in terms of interviews with for defensive coordinator candidates, we haven't heard one. I mean, yeah. have you guys heard one interview mm-hmm. with an offensive coordinator candidate? That would seem to me to, to believe that they know who it is and it'll be Brian Johnson and that they're going to promote him. I will say this. I love the Eagles' approach to coaching interviews. They have interviewed some guys like Jimmy Leonard, former teammate of mine with the Buffalo Bills, who was a stud D coordinator for University of Wisconsin the last few years. They interviewed the guy from Michigan. You know, what I can't stand is groupthink. And so many of these teams, I swear they interviewed the same three guys. And I, and I know that the Eagles interviewed Vance Joseph, and that's fine. But so many of these teams, it's like the same four or five names that you hear for every coordinator. The Eagles have probably interviewed three or four D coordinator candidates that not a single other team did. You know what that tells me? Number one, they don't give a flip what the other teams do. And number two, they actually do their due diligence 
and have an idea of who some of the young, up and coming stud coaches are. It's how they got Siri. It's how they got Sirianni, Ross. It's how they got Gannon. It's how they got Gannon as well. It's how they got Gannon because they. It's how know, they got. It's how they got Andy Reid all those years ago. I mean, it, it is what it is. You got to. You got to get to the depth if you're going to make a hire like that. Ross, what do you know about some of these defensive coordinator candidates? Is there one that you can tell us you think is particularly impressive and would be a good get for the Eagles? Well, that's interesting um, because I'd almost have to pull them all up again. You know, I, I mean, it, what? here's the thing. If they end up hiring somebody internally, I'll feel good about it because of the – I already know what you guys are going to say. I already know how, how, how the shows are going to go. If they hire somebody uh, internally, are you guys going to say, well, that just shows that because they interviewed all these other guys – that he was the strongest candidate and they feel good about him? Or is the fact that they're interviewing all these other guys proof to you guys that they don't really love their internal candidate? It's a concern. I'll say that. It's a concern. It feels really different from the offense. Yeah. I hope they don't want their internal candidates because I want the defense to look different. Yeah, it's another approach. Just my opinion. Uh, that, that, well, you know, I will say this, Rhea. I, in fairness, I do think just because you are an internal candidate doesn't mean it has that's to be a the fair same. point i just that's my concern i mean listen yeah. when you know when uh i mean i guess it's a little bit different but when sirianni gave up the play calling steichen changed it la- uh, in 2021 and then steichen changed it again for yep. this year you know he changed it twice i have heard good things about desai um sean desai right um joe um he's one um i know b Doc and people really like vance joseph um, who's got a lot of experience. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by someone without a lot of experience just because of how well it went with Sirianni, Steichen, and Gannon. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I guess I, I don't need it to be somebody that's done it for 10, 15 years. I kind of like – I mean, they interviewed the inside linebacker coach and co-D coordinator of Georgia, Glenn Schumann. They interviewed the Michigan D coordinator. I mean, they – I just love the fact that they don't really care and they recognize, which I love, that there's value in getting some of these young minds from college that do things a little bit different. Ross Tucker with us. Ross, one or two more on the actual players here. Uh, A lot of people think Miles Sanders is probably gone. If he is, is Kenny Gainwell, in your opinion, good enough to be a lead back or a often used tandem running back? So the first thing on Sanders – there's a lot of running backs in free agency, and I would say a decent amount of them people will probably feel like are better than Miles. I don't really know how much he's going to get. So you think he might be able to be kept here on a cheaper deal than Miles Sanders would prefer? Is that is that what you're do sort you of telling us? To? Yes. I well, do. Well, if, well, two if, different if, questions. If two he's interested, right yeah, there. I do. Go ahead, Ross. Two, two different questions there. Number one, I do. I think there's a decent chance he's back. Because I just don't think the market is going to be what he's hoping it's going to be. I mean, Aaron Jones, okay, who's a better player than Miles Sanders, he just had to take a $5 million pay cut. And so he went from $16 million this year to $11 million, And a lot of that is per game roster bonuses. So, like, if he's inactive for a few games because he's hurt, it's even less than $11 million. And that's Aaron Jones. Now you got, you know... Uh, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley and all these guys 
Miles is a little bit further down the down the line. So to answer your question, John, there's a number where I absolutely would love to have Miles back. I don't know. You know, I, I have to go through it and see what that number is. But there's definitely a number where I'd be happy to have Miles back. Um, the other part of your question, Joe, I do think Gainwell could be a lead back. I've been high on him the last couple of years. Now, I suspect that they would try to draft a running back because this will even be Gainwell's third year, and he's not the biggest back. So I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I think I saw where Daniel Jeremiah, who I respect a lot, you know, he, I think he said he believes there's double-digit starting running backs in this draft and that wow. normally they would be first and second-round players. But because of how people feel about that position, they'll get pushed down to the third or fourth round. That sounds pretty good to me, guys. Sure does. I mean, get, get, a, get a starting caliber back in the third or fourth round to go with Gainwell. Hopefully they can bring Boston back. I love Boston, Scott, as a, as a third back. And I, I would feel pretty good about that backfield. Ross, we're looking forward to having you on the morning show a lot, man. Thanks for doing this today. And, and obviously we'll have you on a, a, a ton. And again, the Ross uh, Tucker football podcast for everyone to get more of Ross's work all the time. Ross, thanks, pal. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. You're killing it. I'm enjoying listening. Thanks, pal. Thanks, there he is, Ross Tucker. Right, let's go to the phones. Joe in Northeast Philadelphia is with us. Of course, we got Eagles on the table, Phil Sixers reaction to the weekend, all that stuff and more. Joe, or if you want to talk about Seltzer watching five movies yesterday. Seltzer, those five movies were? So they were Rocky Three, The 25th Hour, which is a great Spike Lee movie. Really, really good. Uh, watch Knock at the Cabin, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, a movie called Cube, which is like a B movie from the 90s, which was awesome. And then Friday, because I hadn't seen Friday since it came out. And that is awesome, too. Uh, Richie, I need a ruling. Would you rather, rather watch those five movies that Seltzer watched or eight episodes of The Crown? Oh, <laughs> come on, Joe. <laughs> I think we know where this one's going. I spread it out over two days. At is least. it the latest season? Uh, no, I'm in. Uh, I, I I finished season two. I'm in three now. Oh, okay. Uh, those are the yeah. be- the early ones were the best. Uh, well, I'm disappointed now. Seems I like a lot of the royal family. I just for got me right there. I just got into the Princess Die time, and I actually I think I went from three to four. I'm getting I'm getting a little confused. It's here, it, the first three seasons were fantastic. Yeah, I just finished three, and yeah. now I'm in the very beginning yep. of four. That's where I'm at. All right, Joe in Northeast Philly. Hi, Joe. Hey, uh, Joe, John, Aria, and James. Um, I want to talk about the Phillies and uh, and Villanova, if I, if I can. Yeah. Joe, first of all, um, in reference to Mr. Stott, he he did not play all six games in the World Series. Ooh. Remember, game game two and game six against their left-hander, uh, they put, had Sosa in there. And Sosa, the first time up in game two, uh-huh. almost changed the whole series around when he hit the ball. Yeah. To the Kaufman uh, wall there, right? Well, he probably did come up in a pinch hitting role at the end of the game. But that kid's if you watch him, he knows the strike zone. He does. And he's only going to get better. I agree with both of those two points. That yeah, but but my thing is, Joe, I just think there's a lot of people that I'll just put it candid. I think they overrate him. I mean, he obviously improved as the season went on quite dramatically. As John pointed out a million times last September and October. He does give you a great at bat. I mean, he makes right. the pitcher work. And that's, He's felt, Joe, that's part of it. It that's is. That's a big major part of it. It is. We've never had guys up top that, that would give you, besides Hoskins, taking pitches down at three. And that's what I'm calling about him. He, uh, until um, Harper comes back to find out what he's going to play right away or as a DH, <clears throat> Hoskins should be your designated hitter for that first half for sure. 
Darren Hall plays against right-handers, and he plays the field. It, it, it would be asinine to have um, – Wait, you got Derek Hall in the outfield? No, no. I'm having him playing first base, uh, uh, John. He plays first first base. Well, Joe, just just know this. Just just know this. And obviously the Phillies have seen Derek Hall play first more than you and me and our crew here. The Phillies last year determined Reese Hoskins to be a better first baseman than Derek Hall. No way. No way. I mean, they did. They did. Joe, 99 games in in the minor leagues last year, one one error for him, okay? And I didn't have the Phillies on. I bounced around on the weekend. I saw him make a play. Uh, Maybe I watched it on the replay. He had a shot hit down to him. He shifted and and made the play. He's a much better athlete than Reese Hoskins. No, that's not not it. Sometimes you don't want to slight people uh hurt people's feelings you know what i mean and and if you want a better and then what i'm saying against lefties now if you're not if you don't think you're hurting yourself against left-handers put bomb over it first and now you can play platoon harrison and sosa at third they get their bats and you're you got better defense out there for the first half of the season. Well, that is better day. All right, Joe, give me a great answer for uh, who or what is a great third. Can I say about Villanova a quick thing? Oh, sure. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, we know watching, you know, two weeks is the greatest time coming up with the March Madness. Yep. I'm the biggest Villanova fan. And, you know, unless they win the um, the, the the Big East tournament, they're not going to be in it. And Correct. Possibly none of our teams. Uh, they, have a, they have a young uh, a guard that he gets no time, and he's the best – shooter on that team. Brandon Housen, his name is, right? He gets about nine minutes, last two games he didn't play him. Joe, this guy is a, is the best shooter on the team, okay? And then and then their big kid, their freshman, yeah. he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't play up the standards. He was hurt the first six games, but He's finally now. They have him going to the basket. He had a good game. Yeah. Look, well, look, Joe. Right? It's been it's been a disappointing season. I mean, they're they're going to miss the tournament. And Joe, they just knocked off two ranked opponents, right? Yeah, like, but yeah, they, they, days, but they're yeah, out of it. Yeah, pretty no. much. Yeah. What they do? They have two games: Seton yeah. Hall and they have UConn. All right, Joe. Give so me they, Joe. Give me a big answer, man. Who or what is a great third? Okay, uh, Gail Sayers had a book. Yeah. It was called "I Am Third. Uh, it was it, it was God. <laughs> It was God, his family, and then himself. It's a great answer, Joe. It really is. And, of course, it, it, the whole thing, the Brian song, the whole deal. Look, uh, he referenced it. I'll say this for those that don't know. We are probably headed to a March Madness next month, likely, unless one of these teams wins their conference tournament. First time since the 70s. Wow. I was going to say I don't remember. Wow. I, I was since wondering what it was. The 70s with no team making no local team making the tournament and by the way that was when you didn't even have as many teams in the tournament because i believe it got increased to 64 teams i think in 85 so this would be the first time in the history of the tournament as we know it with 64 or what you call 68 i mean it's a fiasco of college basketball this year around here tragic it's horrible horrible. so uh what are the chances your stags make it well, I, we might have a better shot than a local team. I don't know. <laughs> God. Do you even know how <laughs> wow. your team's doing? You know what, Rhea? I just – I don't. And simple answer is no. But every year – and these guys know it. Every year I get charged up on that, like, Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday – to try to see Fairfield, you yeah, know. Yeah, they're 12-17. and 12-17, and 17, They're thinking yeah. no. They just lost to a 9-19 and 19 team. Oh, yes, they did. We're going to knock off that Patino team. Oh, there's talk of Patino maybe going to Georgetown, so. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that'd be good. I mean, yeah. Georgetown being this bad is, is just bad for college basketball. Bad for college basketball. Oh, because he's. Uh, I love Patino. Patino. Love oh. him. 
I, I, and I, and I advocated, <laughs> Rhea, I advocated, Rhea, Rick Pitino or Doc Rivers? Your call, Sixers coach. Doc Rivers. Really? I find him to be... Um, Deplorable? There's a lot of words I can't use on the air right now. <laughs> I'm a big Patino guy. All right, coming I up. I can tell. Yeah, coming up in one minute. In one minute, we're going to talk about that pitch clock and the impact this weekend in games and baseball. Joe DeCameron, John Ritchie. If you're in the restaurant, hospitality, or casino business and you're looking for a point-of-sale system that can truly make a difference, you need to call my friends at PDQ Signature Systems. PDQ has has been the top-rated restaurant management system for over 35 years. Why? Because they offer everything. Mobile POS, self-service kiosks, enterprise reporting, contactless functionality, data and cybersecurity, and the best service and support in the industry. PDQ POS is not only the fastest, easiest, and most reliable POS available, but they'll also save you time, effort, and money so you can focus on what really matters, your customers. Whether you have a single location restaurant or thousands of locations, Joe Flynn and his team of POS experts will create a custom game plan to fit your individual business needs. So what are you waiting for? Join the thousands of companies that have already made the switch and go all in with PDQ Signature Systems. Schedule your free demo and business consultation today at pdqpos.com. That's pdqpos.com. All right, show to Cameron, John Ritchie. So we saw a couple of Phil's games over the weekend, and we saw for the first time ever the impact of the pitch clock, which let me just go on the record and say I'm a huge fan of. Now, it's it's a shame it was necessary. John, as I've used this analogy before, I'll say it again. You and everyone who's been a parent, Rhea, you've been a parent, Seltzer a parent, you don't want to discipline your kids, but you do when you feel like you have to. That's part of your job as a parent. It's not like baseball wanted to put in a pitch clock, but the reality is the kids, the players, were abusing the privilege of the only sport without a clock, the only sport without a clock. And they abused it. Pitchers abused it. Batters abused it. It was abused really for about 20 or 30 years. It got completely excessive and outrageous. And so finally baseball said, hey, for the good of the fans, and let me thank Major League Baseball, they finally actually did something for the fans, which is kind of on the rare side. So they implement this pitch clock thing. We saw something over the weekend, and curious for everyone that watched the Phillies games, your impression of how it works, but we saw something over the weekend, non-Phillies game, in the roughly, I don't know how many years it's been, 150 or so years of Major League Baseball, the first time ever a game ended this way. Let's listen to it. It's the Red Sox. It's the Braves. It had never happened before. It won't be the last time, although this one ends in a tie because it's spring training. Uh, three balls, two strikes, guys on base, tie game, last inning, and this is the sequence that occurred. Gotta give me this pitch. I don't know if he just loves the drama or what, but eh, maybe just a little bit off the plate. But could have them up easily. Uh-oh. And now what? He's out. They have called strike three. Wow. This is mayhem. Oh. Automatic strike three called with the bases loaded in a tie game in the bottom of the ninth. This is baseball in 2023. Oh, the two strike strikeout. That's it. Two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Three, two. Bases are juiced. And he wasn't alert in time. And they punch him out. Wow. Made me so happy. John, how many times have you and I, through through the years of our midday show, we've done shows yeah. about what needs to change in sports, what is a rule change you want to say. And the number one thing that most people always came back to is, batter, be ready to bat, 
yep. pitcher, be ready to pitch. Yep. And I was thrilled. Again, listen, it's a shame that the game ends on this regard if you're a fan in the stands. But oh, Philly fans will lose their mind if that happens too bad. at the end of a game. Be ready. I well, don't. I, I like the the shorter games too, but not. You can't have that happen. Can't not call it, Ray. A rule's a rule. You got it. You know what? You you've got to call it. I'm great with them calling Ugh. it. I'm pretty certain that experience of seeing it called will do away with you know future uh, opportunities. At to least call that it. guy. Because guys, look, everyone, every player has now seen that replay, and they're like, I'm not going to let that be me. Yeah. You know, you you've got to get your business together. You you can't make that sort of mental mistake in that moment. And and this is going to help the game. That's like swallowing the whistle in in the third period or not calling a hold in the Super Bowl. You can't. I just can't. I disagree. People will lose their minds if that happens. Then let them lose their mind. I don't care. I I, like as a baseball fan, I don't care. If Seltzer loses his mind, if you lose your mind, well, I, I don't lose care. my mind. You I'm like it, James? I love it. I lo- you have to do it. Like, you have to do it. No one likes watching these guys get off the mound, walk around, do this. The batter's going out of the box. Like, it's bad for the sport. No, I love all it's that. Bad I'm talking for the sport. about for the game to end Well, it like is what that. it is. It yeah. adds drama. You, the pitcher's got to be ready. Hitter's got to be ready. Totally. It, it adds another layer to it. I'll guys, be sitting here that morning after. Here is, to me, the key to the whole thing. And this was a Saturday night tweet, John. So this is after the first batch of games. This is on Saturday. This guy puts up on Twitter the first 19 spring training games averaged two hours and 36 minutes. Wow. Two hours and 36 minutes. Only three of those 19 went over three hours. And the average game last year was three hours and seven minutes. Yeah. So you're talking about 30 minutes, man. That's a 30 minute difference. So what a gift. I I, I consider this a, a, a tremendous improvement. For Major League Baseball, and frankly, for all, all of our lives, these games that would start at seven, which were really seven ten, and they would basically go till ten twenty ish. No, right? well, sometimes. some would go. Some would go later. I know. Yeah. We we had yeah. plenty that were ten forty five. I know, John. We I had know. plenty that creeped past eleven. I know. I mean, we can, and and by the way, aren't the Phillies going to have more six thirty games now? Six forty, yeah, a lot of six forty starts with the home games. So those are going to be games that end at, uh, you know, could end at nine fifteen or something. It's amazing. I love it. All right, so your impression on the pitch clock out of the gate, seeing the Phillies over the weekend, absorbing the news of that Boston-Atlanta game where, you know, they smacked that player down. You're not ready to go? Call third strike. It is what it is. Hit us up here, 215-592-9494. Let's talk to Joe in South Jersey. Hi, Joe. Hey, good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, Joe. Yeah, I mean, this, it was very exciting this weekend watching the Phillies. It's finally, uh, we got to a point where we have a bona fide leadoff hitter. Um, Turner seemed to make it look so easy and natural, just the way he runs the bases. Very the smooth. He stole, He's a very smooth he, player. Yeah, the way he stole second, came home on, from a, on a basis from second. Very natural for him. Looks very comfortable in the leadoff position. It's pretty exciting to see it. No question, man. He's, he's a great baseball player. He it just feels oh, yeah. right. It's, it's, it's right. And it's going to score us a lot of runs this year you know i just had this feeling remember roman quinn when every once in a while he'd get on yeah. and you felt this added layer of of comfort because you knew he was going to make it tough for a defense yep you knew mm-hmm. they were going to have to mind him and you know, we we're going to have that so often and this is a guy who over mm-hmm. the last four seasons he's he's batting over 300 he will be on you know his on base is is it always great. He's going to get on there. He's going to use his legs as a weapon, 
Defenses yeah. don't want to have to face us. Joe, Joe it's only so neg- different than Schwarber. Joe, only negative is he's one of those run with the uh, oven mitts on. I hate that, man. Can't stand <laughs> well, that. He just started. It's a, just, he just a, started the oven It's a dorkazoid look. Too. It, oh, good. So he doesn't break his hand. You know what? Like, he's broken his fingers. If they came out with some, if the NFL, came, if they were like, we have this new invention that, that stops torn ACLs, but it looks weird and it's no. this big thing on their leg, you'd be like, wear it. No. Joe, you are you crazy? No, I don't like it. about having to wear it. He has had that injury. He's broken. In his hand, sliding okay. into a base before, yeah, broken a finger. Baseball. It's baseball. I think the oven mitt is it just looks ridiculous. This is a absurd. And he's double oven mitt. Yeah, he's <laughs> extra safe. I love it. <laughs> Joe, go ahead. Go ahead, pal. How do, you, how, do you dust, how do you dust yourself off when you uh, slide into second with that? With those you don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> Joe, give me a big answer, man. Who or what was a great third? All right, I'm going to go with the number three starting pitcher for the 2011 Phillies, Cole Hamels. Got to think about that. I don't know that that's correct. Uh, I get no, it is. Third, yeah, Oswalt was fourth. Oswalt was four. Yeah, that's four. So Hamels in 2011. Now, that's fair. Uh, let's go to. Uh, but 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 let's talk to Vince right now in Deptford. Hi, Vince. Morning, guys. Hi, Vince. Question for you. Well, number one, I'm a 49ers fan, but I go back to 1972 when Brody and Sperrier were quarterbacks. So. Wow. Are you by nature a a whiny person? (laughs) No, no, I'm not. Actually, I was very disappointed and rooted for the Eagles all the way through after that. That's good. I'm going to take this off the air and let you guys answer. Has the – Either Lori or Howie considered former players like uh, having a Seth Joyner and Trotter together on the defensive side of the ball coaching? I doubt they've considered it. I don't know the answer, but I would be stunned if they have. Wow. Okay. I mean, Vince, because they they haven't haven't coached – a, a team in the NFL. I mean, Zero look, chance of yeah. happening. Yeah. I, I think that they, they keep an open mind and they pride themselves on being forward thinking and, 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 you know, looking at a lot of possibilities. The fact that they have not brought those guys in may, you know, it suggests that they feel like that doesn't give them the best chance. Okay. I mean, Vince, take, take the guy you just had, D'Amico Ryan, who we all loved as well. He worked his way through the system. And that's how he became a defensive coordinator with the Niners and ultimately a head coach. I mean, you do got to work your way through the system almost always. Yeah. What's the question for normally? How long does that process take from start to getting, you know? Probably anywhere from three to 30 years. Yeah. (laughs) Right? I mean, basically. Sure. Uh, Unless you're Jeff Saturday. If you're a precocious, young, you know, bright mind, you can come up through faster. You know, the Rallis guy, our former linebacker, Coach yep. is now the quote DC twenty nine, right? The Cardinals at yeah, twenty nine. Wow. Uh they Gannon made him the, the defensive coordinator. Yeah. It didn't take much. No. Look, that, the first I think that's crazy to assume that he is a normal defensive coordinator, like a guy who's going to have as much on his plate as a He's as a younger standard. than eleven players on the team. Yeah. He's calling the plays Gannon's head though. <laughs> yes, Gannon he said he's gonna that. have him he's That's gonna do what, what Sirianni did and and not call the plays. Look, so. I used to think the same thing about Theo Epstein. That, and that then he's me, like became a god. A great point. Became a god. It I, I think it I think it should make Cardinals fans question Jonathan Gannon to some degree that that he appointed Rallis his DC. Well he obviously likes him. I mean he didn't hire him for his age. He hired him because he believes in him. Yeah, I mean it. Is, I mean that's you know. 